1: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Sun Football Podcast in association with William Hill. I'm David Friel from Scottish Sun Sports Desk. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague Kenny MacDonald. Kenny, how are you? I'm well. Cold, but well. Cold, but well. We will kick off with hearts. I think it's been the story of the last few days. Obviously beat Rangers, lost their manager to MK Dons, drew with Ross County, and about to appoint, as we speak here at the start of the week, Ian Cathro by all accounts, could be bringing Austin McPhee with him. Kenny, your thoughts on the, the great Ian Cathro debate that seems to
2: have been hotting up over the weekend? I can't remember a situation where a club the size of Hearts, in Scottish terms, has gone for a managerial appointment that people so know so little about, despite the fact he's got a fabulous CV. He's working with one of the biggest clubs in England, although they're not in the Premier League at the moment. Ian Cathro, I suspect, could walk down Gorgie Road and the vast majority of Hearts fans wouldn't recognise him, which is a, a really bizarre situation for a team who are third in the Premiership. Hearts could go and get any number of well-qualified, experienced managers. I think they deserve commendation for thinking a little bit outside the box. A lot of it is down to Craig Levine having a relationship with Ian Cathro that goes back to their time at Dundee United when Craig Levine recognised something in him as a very young coach, he's since then gone and worked in Portugal and in Spain, now in England. But the proof of the pudding is Ian Cathro might be a fabulous coach, he might be, have terrific ideas, but what is he like as a man manager? Is he going to be able to deal with experienced pros? Is he going to be deal, able to deal with the foibles of, for instance, overseas players? Is he going to be able to deal with the white hot heat of premiership matches? Hearts were involved in one last midweek against Rangers. These are all the imponderables where Ian Cathrow is concerned. And we're never going to know until he proves whether he can handle it or not. He seems to have divided opinion
1: already without mm. even taking charge of a game. With Chris Boyd, if you, if you look at our own paper, you would Chris Boyd on Sunday yeah. very a yeah. hard-hitting column on his fears for Hearts that Ian Cathrow's out his depth. Michael Stewart has the opposite Today probably something like yourself, Kenny, talking about how hearts have a bit of praise for actually thinking outside the box and not just going through the, the list of former players mm-hmm. that basically populated the odds when this vacancy first came up. Why do you think he divides opinion? Is it because he's deemed to
2: be that little bit different? Because nobody knows who he is. Mm. I mean and that's the long and short of it. He's a guy who has had no credentials as a player, so nobody recognises oh I remember him playing for Club X. He was only involved at Dundee United on the youth side, so he doesn't have a coaching pedigree in terms of first-team coaching. But he has gone away and he has learned his trade, and he has clearly seen something that clubs like Valencia and Newcastle United were sufficiently impressed with him to offer him a post, and now hearts are doing the same. I mean, I I think it's, you know, we're we're not going to know with guys who may be the future of coaching in this country unless they're given the opportunity to go to clubs like Hearts, big clubs, I personally feel Tynecastle Castle, I don't know what be like when it's done up, a fantastic football arena to play, to watch, to spectate in, you know, and it's a, it's a fabulous job for someone and let's see if Ian Catherow's mm-hmm. up to it.
1: Does the structure also help though in a sense that he's not just going in as a de facto manager, he's going in as a head coach working under a guy, including as you, as you mentioned there, who knows him, who knows him inside out, who's known him since he was a young boy, does that help almost protect him a bit from the harsh environment of football, slightly? Well,
2: I'm not entirely sure it does because, I mean, Robbie Nielsen didn't get much protection. I mean, we had planes flying overhead with banners saying that Robbie Nielsen should be out, despite the fact the Hearts were doing terrifically well under him. I take your point about Craig Levine being in Ian Cathro's corner, but Ian Cathro's all the man he's ever going to be. It's up to him now. You know, he can't go running to Craig Levine if things start to go wrong at hearts and hearts start to slide down the tape. What Craig Levine's presence will buy him is time. You know, Craig Levine will be there. He'll know his attributes. He'll know the things that he's poor at. And he'll be able to assist him in the things that he's not so, not so experienced.
1: Another young buck who's been in the headlines for the last couple of days, Austin McPhee. Mm-hmm. SFA very impressed, you know, on the verge of getting the performance director role. Now Ian Catherine wants him to team up at Hearts. What
2: would Austin McPhee bring to the party? Well, it, it's, I, I was discussing Austin McPhee with Danny Lennon this morning. Danny Lennon had him at both Cowdenbeath, took him to St Mirren with him. And he, he was just fabulously impressed by his one-to-one ability with players. And he was able to go away with players, talk to them about specifics in their games, improve their good points, work on their poorer points in a way that Danny said that he hadn't seen anyone else working with players on a one-to-one basis. As he said, we all try and work one-to-one players, but you're dealing with a squad of 25 people, it's sometimes not physically possible. But he said, Austin was absolutely terrific at that, and that's obviously something that Michael O'Neill has seen and worked with in uh, when Northern Ireland. I mean, let's not forget, he also did analysis for Mexico at the World Cup. You know, he's a guy with a pedigree, that suggests that he knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. When you look at him, and he looks, as I've said to him, he he looks like a a roadie for the new riders (laughs) of the Purple Sage. There's one for the teenagers. But, I mean, appearances are clearly very deceptive with him because he's obviously got a terrific Mm -hmm. uh, football brain. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at theScottishSun.co.uk/sport. Hearts this
1: weekend... It's a baptism for Ian Catherwell whether so Austin awesome, awesome McPhee's with him or not. Yeah. Ibrox first game. Yeah. I mean, you know, a Rangers team out for revenge after what happened last week. Ian Catherwell obviously wants to get off to a good start but, you know, it's as tough as yeah. it gets really.
2: And I think that's the big thing about it that Hearts beat Rangers so comprehensively last week in Robin Nielsen's last game that Rangers will be itching to get the opportunity to play them again because Mark Warburton, the Rangers manager, has been absolutely insistent that he'll play his way but basically he had to hold his hands up after that defeat last Wednesday and say this hasn't worked Tavernier can't defend and left him out of the team and brought Hodgson on Saturday so I mean there's been a reaction to how poorly Rangers played and how well Hearts played and now he has to decide well do I keep with the team that beat Aberdeen do I leave Tavernier out because he had all kinds of problems playing against Hearts front three you know so, it's, it's, it's a, as you say, it's a big game. If Ian Cathero's in charge by the weekend, it will just add a wee bit more spice to it.
1: If we can move seamlessly into Rangers and Kenny, that was a big reaction against mm-hmm. Aberdeen. You know, one of the rivals, if, if, if we're saying Celtic are, are runaway leaders, are going to win the league. That was a huge win for Rangers Especially especially the pressure on Mark Warburton. You know, he, he took a lot of stick. He, he was quite quick to point out the stick he, he, he took, as he always is. But he needed these players to turn up. He needed to put a team out there that could win the game, and they did.
2: Well I, I totally take your point He did indeed He made five changes Which obviously had to happen After the, the wretched performance at Tynecastle And as you say the players responded well and, the, and they won the game I personally thought going into the game That Rangers would win it Because there's a softness about Aberdeen Which is becoming more and more apparent in big games Didn't turn up against Celtic in the cup final By all accounts Were well beaten despite the narrow scoreline on Saturday and this is becoming a problem for Aberdeen. That the only thing you can depend on them to do is not to turn up for big games. And Derek McInnes can say whatever he likes about we were the best team box to box. That's totally irrelevant because this has happened continually with them. It must have uh, galled him when he watched Motherwell on TV and what Motherwell did to Celtic in the first half. Aberdeen didn't lay a glove on them the previous week. But as as you say about Rangers. He can only give Mark Borburton credit where it's due he put a team out onto the park he made changes the team won and they won by all accounts very convincingly the, the,
1: there's Clinton Hill Clinton Hill was a guy who when he was signed this summer a few people are thinking is he over the hill mm. pardon the pun but Clinton Hill was played in front of Daniel Wilson at the weekend played in front of Philip Sendros at weekend mm. he seems to make Rangers better yeah. now, he sent off, he's going to miss the Hearts game mm-hmm that for me, uh, I think Clint Hill's 38 now I think that's a blow for Rangers because yeah. I do think Clint Hill brings a lot to their defence he's,
2: he's their best central defender mm-hmm. he's their best central defender he's quicker than Danny Wilson and he reads the game better than Rob Kiernan I don't think Kiernan and Wilson play well together I think there are too many flaws in their game but a lot of that is down to the way Rangers play because they don't get protection in midfield but you're absolutely right, Clint Hill was their best defender and missing him at the weekend after his red card Unnecessary red card, you might say, having already been booked. It was a silly second booking to get. I think they'll definitely miss him at the weekend against Harms. Do,
1: do you think Mark Walton showed a little bit of a different side to him as well? You know, people talk about how stubborn he's been. Four three three four, basically just taking Talanier out the firing line and putting Lee Hodson in. It was almost as you're saying, an admission that you know what, this isn't working against the better teams. Mm. Was it a different? Were you surprised at that, or did you think he was just left in? in
2: the- I was surprised because. Uh, to use a marvelous Scottish word, he's a thrawn character. Mark Warburton, he probably wouldn't know the word meant, but I, I mean that as a compliment. I mean, he, he has a system. He's insisting that it works. You know all this stuff about Plan B is do Plan A better, which is which is a nonsensical statement, really. But that's what he's absolutely insisting upon. But I I thought he was stick with Tavernier simply because he's stuck with him through thick and thin, despite all the evidence that he's a poor defender. Terrific going forward. Good on the ball. But, as we found out at Tynecastle last week, the chickens come home with roost and he's a poor defender in those circumstances. The good thing is that Lee Hodson came in, did well, scored the goal. He knows that he can trust Lee Hodson.
1: In terms of Rangers as well, Joe Garner, a guy who has been out of the team, but again for games against Aberdeen, Hearts, Celtic as well, he is a pest. You know, he does, for all he's not scoring goals, he does put himself about and by all accounts he gave the Aberdeen defence a hard time. He can, is, is he a guy for these bigger occasions as well, mean, all the the, kind of
2: the grace of, of some of the other strikers, but he it, it does seem to get stuck in about. Ward Warburton sees something in him. It's something that I think the majority of other people haven't quite picked up on yet. The one thing he does have in his favour is aggression. He also has, you know, he doesn't look like a natural goal scorer to me, but... We have to remember that he's jumping up on levels. You know, he was from League One. He had a reputation in English football as not being a prolific goal scorer there either. So it's maybe going to take him a little while to find his feet in terms of goal scoring. But at the moment, Warburton has faith in him and I would think that will continue. simply because the one thing he does supply is a level of aggression. It was noticeable. He left him out, um, played him at Fairhill weekend before last. Left him out to bring in Joe Dudu and the Rangers were punchless up front without Garner and they only looked as though they had some bite about them when Garner came on
1: To touch on Aberdeen, I know, I know you spoke about the, the big games that they fail in, we've got a mutual friend who's an Aberdeen fan who's been pretty scathing in the last week he over, has. over he has. The, the Celtic game and now the Rangers game, what is it down to Is it down to mentality? Is it down to Derek McInnes overthinking things? Why is it that Aberdeen in recent times, there is a growing child sheet that they don't really do what they should be doing against the bigger teams?
2: Well, it's becoming. I mean, it's not just. I mean, let's, this isn't just Derek McInnes' problem. Mm. This has been an Aberdeen problem for a long, long time, coming to Glasgow and not performing. They look to me like a team who badly need an experienced, physical midfielder mm. to sit in front of their defenders, protect the defence, and put his foot in from time to time because I think they're far too lightweight throughout the team. Mm. You know, fullbacks, you never see them making tackles. The central defence isn't strong enough. You know, there's no protection to the back line from the midfield. You know, I, I, they just look like a, a team that are very easily dominated. Mm-hmm. And, and that's in the last two games they've played them and easily dominated. So, you know, I just think this is a recurring problem. But the McInnes isn't a fool.
0: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.
2: You know, he will look at the team and he will, despite what he's saying about having a lot of possession and playing football the way they want to play football and all the rest of it, he's no mug. You know, he'll be aware that there's a softness about the team. And I would think that he'll be, that'll be his priority in January to try and remedy that. Who do you feel
1: is upper hand in that perceived race for second? between Aberdeen and Hearts and Rangers.
2: I think it's still it's still too early to call. I mean we've only played two games in hand over the other two which is a which is another factor but um, you know I think there's a long way to go. They, they will all drop points because none of the three of them are what you would say a team who are totally going to dominate matches in the way Celtic have. You know, they don't have anything like that quality. But you know, if, if one of the three of them could put a good run together, even St Johnston were to put a good run together, they can force themselves into that little group. So you wonder what Ian Cathro's influence. I mean, Ian Cathero might come in and get a new coach bounce and hearts. That might work. Rangers are still unbeaten at home, so, you know, they're, they're still... They're causing problems for teams that go to Iberts. And Aberdeen will win more than they lose. So, I mean, it's a long way to go. Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs>
1: In terms of Celtic You mentioned in there An epic game against Motherwell At the weekend You know Motherwell 2-0 up 3-2 up Celtic eventually win 4-3 You know there's There's all this stuff About can Celtic Go through the, the full season Unbeaten Motherwell gave them A mighty scare At the weekend Kenny And, and Mark McGee Would have been upset Not to take anything in From the game at all
2: Yeah I, th- I think on, on the strength Of the first half performance That's undeniably the case However I think Mark McGee was Hitting the nail on the head That even when Motherwell were 2-0 up And could have been 3-0 up you still thought this game's not finished because Celtic will always score goals because of the nature in which they play. The fans demand it. But Motherwell's Achilles heel has been defence. You know they, they just can't keep a clean sheet. Neither the goalkeeper nor the two central defenders, although I thought Stephen Mars played very well at the weekend, uh, are entirely convincing. So you always felt a 2-0... The game is the game's going great. It's a you know, it's a fantastic spectacle. Celtic have a are a real fright. Let's see how they respond. But Brendan Rodgers is a top manager and they responded the way I expected mm. them to respond. It became two two very quickly, it swung from end to end after that. But over the piece I wasn't surprised to see Celtic win it.
1: To touch on Muller Louis Moult, to me is almost like a had been gem in Scottish football. Does he get the
2: credit he deserves? No, I don't think he does. I mean even last season when Ian Baraclough first brought him up you know at first at first he struggled a wee bit because he was injured but once he got in the team you know four goals against Hamilton you know a very very prolific goal scorer really good finisher you know and there was this, this kind of snobbery thing because he'd come from english non league football that people thought well you know it's going he's not going to be able to cope but it shows that if you've got an aptitude for scoring goals you're going to succeed his first goal in particular on Saturday was an absolutely terrific goal. You know, if it'd been scored in La Liga, you know, people would be raving about the, you know the technique involved. It was an absolutely fantastic goal. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's cruel, but the the look on Craig Gordon's face when he touched it—you <laughs> could just tell right away—he yeah, he never he even had it. to turn no, no, no. He just knew that it was that it was it had the beating of him. And it was a fantastic, an absolutely fantastic start from Motherwell. And but no, to to, to answer your question. I think Louis Moult is an underrated player and I think that uh, having lost Marvin Johnson at the start of the season, he will probably be the next one that clubs down south will look at.
1: And for all Motherwell lost again, and Mark McGee talked about the loser goals, having Scott McDonald and Louis Moult surely gives him a chance of to finishing top six because you would imagine the two of them between them will get 30-35 goals.
2: I mean, Motherwell's problem will not be, I mean, they've, they've scored more goals at home this season than Rangers have. You know, the, the, the problem won't be scoring goals, the problem will be conceding goals because uh, you know, 27 goals conceded in 15 games is too much if you want to be in the top six. And it's so tight. But again, that is we spoke about, the to- about Rangers Hearts and Aberdeen earlier, if Motherwell can put a wee run together, and they can pull themselves away and they- they'll be in the top six.
1: In terms of Celtic, Steve McMahon says the league's done, the league's over.
2: Should just be awarded to Celtic just now. Is that the case? It certainly looks like it. They don't look as though they have a flaw. Saturday was a test for them. You know, 2-0 down in Motherwell... It's not the nicest place in the world to go to, although the pitch looks terrific, unlike the way it's been in previous years. That was a test for them, you know, and it was a test for Brendan Rodgers as well. He had to get a reaction out of his team and they got it. You know, you just, there's nobody, I don't think there's anybody even close to them. I don't think they'll go to I think Brendan Rodgers is right, what he said last week. They will lose games domestically, but they might have the league won before they lose mm-hmm. games domestically it, it was interesting as well we talk, you, you spoke about Brendan Rodgers he
1: never panicked at half time you know, at half time he was 2-0 down but he changed the team yeah. we talked about plan A and plan B he was on it, about plan D yeah. plan E even and he changed it and it was 3-5-2 and <coughs> Motherwell as the players admitted Keith Lashley admitted Steve McManus, Smart McGee Motherwell couldn't get, get to grips with the formation change which shows the Celtic are quite
2: adaptable well, where the, they need the, be. the knee-jerk reaction would have been to take Kolo Touré off because mm-hmm. he'd had such a difficult time arguably Culpable at both Motherwell goals But Rodgers obviously Thought No I'll just you say I'll change the formation And we'll test Motherwell That way And it worked So full credit to him. Celtic at Partick Thistle
1: On Friday night It was a draw With Hamilton Aquies At the weekend Probably not great For the other side You would
2: imagine No but Partick Thistle uh, At least got themselves Off the bottom They deserved to win The game actually Callum Booth had a goal Disallowed at 1-1 which disallowed for offside which wasn't they were marginally the better team particularly in the second half after Hamilton had gone in an early lead It's the second time I've seen Partick Thistle in successive weeks I saw them against Rangers as well when again they played well lost the game played reasonably well Saturday drew the game I think they're a different team home and away against Rangers I thought they played well but you know, Friday night is a big test for them.
1: Does it help thistle the fact Celtic a game on Tuesday and they're backing it? You know, seventy-two hours later. Or does it really? I've said we got a big enough squad to cope with that.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I really don't think that matters a great deal. I mean, Celtic will, I would guess, make changes for for Manchester City. there will certainly be a different team that plays at Firhill on Friday night. No, I mean they've got they've shown that guys like Callum McGregor can come into the team and do really well. So. No, I mean, I, I don't think that would be an issue at all. I would expect them still to win the game.
1: In terms of our results, it was a good one for St Johnson to win 3-0 against Inverness, because I think St Johnson had been up and down recent weeks, but that was a, an important one for them.
2: Yeah, it was, but, uh, I mean, Inverness, that's them bottom now, shot themselves in the foot a wee bit with, with Gary Warren's red card again, another daft red card when you've just been booked, committing another silly foul, you sent off, it's 1-0 at the time, you're still well in the game, and then you end up losing 3-0, so... I think uh, Richie Foran touched on it the weekend that his team has been a bit guilty of trying to play too much football. And he, like uh, maybe in some ways, like Derry McInnes, needs somebody to break things up a bit more. The good thing from... Uh, from Richie Ford's point of view, is that the bottom six still two points between them? You know, there's still there's nothing at all between them. A couple of wins, you're right up the table again. They have been inconsistent in Vanessa. At the
1: start of the season, a lot of people feared from them. Then they really found their form and yeah. they were doing well, but now it seems to have gone down again. And is that just the nature of that, that area of the, the league? Because when I mean, they touch it, indeed, indeed, another one, you know, they win two or three games in a row. Yeah. Then they lose it away to Kelly. Kelly have been up and down as well. Ro- Ro- Ross
2: County, the perfect example, bottom two or three weeks ago, now seventh. You know, it's just—it's just the nature of that area of the league that you don't want to get. Not nobody is becoming isolated. You know, now in the top six—they—they they couldn't buy one a few weeks ago. So it just—it just depends. It's uh, you really need to a couple, two or three wins is going to make such a difference between now and the end of the season. Would you make a prediction about who is going to be down there in the mix in
1: terms of relegation? I, f- I find it impossible. I must yeah. admit, you see, I've seen all these teams. I don't think there's much between probably five or six of them. No.
2: Is, is it possible just now? I don't think it's possible just now. No, I mean I tipped Kilmarnock to go down at the end of the season. They're they're in the top six at the moment. Koulibaly's goals might be decisive for them. I think that's ten for the season for him. You know, and and if you get a guy that can, like Louis Mout and Motherwell who can get you goals that will win you games, mm. win you games 1-0, or in Kilmarnock's case of the weekend 2-0, you know it's such a big difference. You know, and that's what Inverness don't have. They don't have somebody they can. Their jackets on to get them
1: goals. Could it possibly come down to who does the best business in January? Because I'd look at that and I think maybe Ross County and Dundee traditionally would be better placed than the others, maybe to go and invest a wee bit.
2: Yeah, I, I would imagine everybody in that bottom six, of the, the bottom six as it stands at the moment Ross County, Hamel, Motherwell, Dundee, Partick, Inverness will all be looking to strengthen in January, but not all of them have the wherewithal to strengthen in January, so they'll be looking for. You know, the likes of loan moves, or you know, bringing in players who aren't getting a game at other clubs. You know, so you know, if they've got a bit of one or two of these clubs have got a bit of finance to boost their squads, their squad, then uh, that might be decisive. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following SunSport on Twitter.
1: We spoke about the bottom of the Premiership. I think we should give the top of the Championship a bit of focus as well. A huge win mm-hmm. for Dundee United. Hibs aren't running away with it as much as people
2: expected. Is that a title race that's very much alive? Oh, I think so, absolutely. level have been levelling points. You know, and, and I mean, I mean, Falkirk are, you know, I know six points looks like a lot in third place, but, you know, they came from behind Saturday beats St Mirren. So I, I would say that they were still in it. You know, I would say it was pretty much a three-horse race. Because Volker Peter Houston is a good manager, and I think he'll get the team. I think he'll get them close to Hibs and Dundee United. I mean, it, it looks at this moment as though it'll be one of the two, but uh, you know, there'll be a lot of twists and turns. A lot of twists and turns in that division, I think. And uh, that was a good result for Dundee, Dundee United on Friday
1: night. Reema can indulge in some mind games as some managers tend to do, and talk about the pressure on Hibs, but he was maybe at it trying to wind Neil Lennon up and these close up but it's true surely there is much more pressure on Hibs than there is anybody else
2: oh uh, without a doubt without a doubt you know Hibs are the ones that have invested heavily to, to get back into the, the Premiership another season in the Championship is unconscionable for Hibs so yeah I mean the pressure is on Hibs but I mean they're top of the table so you've got to say that at the moment they're responding Reasonably, what oh, the pressure
1: and, and the fact that Neil Lennon's looking at guys like Jermaine Penn and, and, and others that probably shows us he, he, he he you know Hibs yeah. by hook or by crook are going to have to try and get up because yeah. I, I mean as you're saying
2: they can't possibly stay in that that league for another year. Well, they won't want to stay in that league for another year, but it will come. to me this is you know football football titles are judged on merit. You know, if Dundee United go on a scorching run and finish top, then Hibs then have the. The playoffs again, you know, which is you know, which is a, has been a problem to them in the past. That's how they ended up in the championship. So I mean, I think that's going to be an exciting race because Hibs and Dundee United have large followings of a terrific. Despite the fact the game was live in the telly on Friday night, terrific crowd at Tannadice, you know, and that's bringing people out to watch them, even though the games are live in television. If Dundee United were playing Hibs in the Premiership and they were seventh and ninth, there wouldn't have been the crowd there was at Tannadice on Friday night. You know, So, that kind of, that kind of uh, competition is terrific for the Championship. Mm-hmm.
1: And just finally, Ken, I don't think we can go without a word for the, the best Scottish performance of the weekend Ryan Fraser, the wee man, the Bournemouth players in management. He, he did well against Liverpool. I got
2: the impression watching the highlights on TV that a lot of the commentators weren't actually aware that Ryan <laughs> Fraser was Scottish uh, because there was, there was no real mention of it. But, I mean, came on, did fantastically well, scored a goal, won a penalty great cross for the equaliser you know, the only one of the goals he wasn't involved in was the winner so yeah I mean, it's good for his career because it looked as though it, was, it had gone kind of uh, it was in cold storage a little bit but uh, yeah what an impression he made the only, the only um, bad aspect is he's not a 6 foot 5
1: 7 or 5 well we seem to produce these tricky wee
2: yet another one for the Ann Hill mob to play in (laughs) midfield so uh, we've got plenty of these guys but as you say we need somebody uh, at the other end of the pitch Mm -hmm. Kenny thanks a lot for your time Thank you
0: Selling a little or a lot